0: Chemo Chair Prayers is a podcast for anyone who's heard the words, It's cancer. If you're struggling to keep fear and worry at bay, to trust God no matter what, or simply need a little faith boost and to feel God's arms around you, you're in the right place. Because of all the things cancer robs us of, the certainty of who and whose we are, how to pray when we have no words, And the strength, peace, trust, and yes, even the joy we long for are at the top of the list. If you don't want to merely survive cancer, but long to thrive in the midst of it, take a seat, grab your cup of tea, let your shoulders relax, and allow me to lead you through a short story and a prayer using our guided format with the acronym TRUST – followed by a simple, practical invitation to experience God's loving presence now and in the days ahead. Hi friends! Now, if you've been hanging around here for a while, you've probably heard me say this before, but I know that I don't need to persuade any of you that finding out you've got cancer, or living with a cancer diagnosis, or even being out the other side of treatment adds a massive burden to our lives on so many different levels. If you've been feeling bad or worried about how you've been coping, or not coping as the case may be, I want to reassure you, you're not alone. Just listen to this excerpt from an article published in The Oncology Pharmacist. It says, Upon hearing a diagnosis of cancer, the patient is faced with a multitude of issues. In addition to the medical and logistical details, Major concerns include fear of death, disfigurement, pain, disability, infertility, dependency, abandonment, altered relationships, and financial hardship. Boy, oh boy, we've got a lot on our plates. It goes on to say, overall uncertainty has been suggested to be the single greatest source of psychological distress in patients affected by serious illness. Typically, the initial characteristic response is one of shock and denial. How many of us can attest to that? The duration of which is highly variable. The second phase is usually filled with emotional turmoil consisting of feelings of anxiety, depression, irritability, insomnia, poor concentration and inability to function. After one to two weeks, with support from family, friends and healthcare providers, the patient usually returns to previously used coping strategies unless ongoing uncertainty is overwhelming. Wow, we have a lot to deal with, don't we, friends? And when I read that, I had to ask myself, what is the support we need from friends and family and healthcare providers? What should or can our coping strategies be to best alleviate the emotional, the physical, the spiritual, and the financial stress? As you probably know, I lost both my mum and sister to cancer and then was diagnosed myself, so I've been both a family member and a patient. And I've also had friends with cancer and taken that role too. But I didn't want to limit today's strategies to just my experience. So what follows is a whirlwind tour through 20 strategies for coping with cancer that I've gleaned from medical journals, articles, fellow survivors, and of course, our faith. This isn't meant to be some deep dive into each one. It's more of a buffet you get to pick and mix from where you feel you're not coping as well as you could be, or you need just a little bit extra TLC, as we say. Tender, loving care. And I know I've got some wonderful A-types listening. I know you're there, and I know you're going to want to take notes and list them out. So to save you all the effort and to give you something to print off and talk through with friends and family, I have listed them all out in a free little downloadable list and resource that has more details for each one and some space to take notes and to reflect on how you can implement them in your own journey and a prayer for God's help and guidance. And you can grab that at nikkihardycom slash episode 17. So here we go. Let's dive in and I'll be sure to link to some of the sources and resources I used in the show notes. Again, you'll find those at nikkihardy.com episode 17. Okay, here we go. A whirlwind tour through 20 ways to cope with cancer. First up, keep track of your feelings. You know, from the moment we're diagnosed, our emotions go absolutely wild, so it can be helpful to journal how we're feeling or, you know, if you're the creative type, to maybe record and express your emotions through photography, drawing, painting, music, or whatever else you might fancy. Keeping note of our emotions also lets us look back and see the journey we've been on and the progress that we've made and the consistent patterns and problems that we keep facing, And anything else that might be key triggers. Number two, share your feelings with people close to you. Our friends and family won't know how we're feeling unless we tell them. And not only does this help us process what's going on, but it helps them help us and walk beside us with more love and more empathy. But remember, just because you share your feelings with someone, it doesn't mean you make yourself a burden to them, to your loved ones. Your emotions are real and valid. Don't be afraid to share them with the people that are close to you. Next, seek individual counselling with a professional. Now, however fantastic your friends and family are, they are not professional counsellors. Well, unless they are, of course. But finding a therapist, a cancer social worker or other professional help isn't a sign of weakness. They're there to help you sift through your emotions and deal with all that you're going through. It's also a really safe place to share things that, you know, you might not feel comfortable sharing with your spouse or with friends or family. Number four, join a support group. You may have heard me say that I steered well clear of cancer support groups when I was first diagnosed. Then I found them invaluable. In them, we don't need to explain what we're going through because the other group members will understand. They can offer empathy and not just sympathy. You know, they lessen our sense of isolation and they can be a great resource for really super practical information. Whether your group meets in person, over Zoom or is part of a Facebook group, it doesn't matter. Next, tell your doctor and nurse about your feelings. I know we're doing all the feelingy ones first, but doctors, surgeons and nurses can help us better when they know how we're feeling and what we're dealing with. I found that knowing how I was feeling helped my doctors engage with me on the right level. When I was perky, they were able to be more light-hearted. And when I was worried and afraid, and I was able to tell them, they were able to be more tender and compassionate. And they can also refer us to further support, like therapists and counsellors and that kind of thing, if that's what we need. Next up, continue doing your usual activities. Whether it's going to church, yoga on a Friday afternoon, your weekly walk with a friend, doing the laundry or keeping up with your garden, doing the things we did before our diagnosis, whether hobbies or household jobs, helps distract us and gives us a sense of control and accomplishment and purpose and value. Number seven, I'm pretty sure we're on number seven, spend time with family and friends have fun. Strengthen your relationships and relax together. Go out for dinner, well, when COVID allows. Play board games, maybe, or attend the same church service. Whatever you do that fills you up, helps you have fun, and strengthens your relationship and spend time together. Number eight, accept help. And I know this is super hard. I really struggled with this. And it's not always easy to be on the receiving end of help, but when we do, whether it's a meal, help with the yard or ferrying the kids to their activities, it helps to take some of the stress and exhaustion out of our lives, with the added bonus of helping our friends and family feel as though they're loving and supporting us, when they probably feel quite helpless. Avoid emotionally draining situations. It's not always easy or possible, but putting up boundaries and being willing to say, I'd like to sit quietly for a while, just keep me company. Or maybe you need to say, I need to spend some time alone right now. When we do these things and we avoid draining situations, we protect and love ourselves while also helping others know what we need and when. Otherwise, they're just never gonna know and we're gonna keep them guessing. And then if you're anything like me, you end up resenting them for not knowing what they should have known that we needed. (laughs) Number nine, make space to pray regularly. Friends, this is so important. When we find a regular time and then the same regular place to pray and talk with God, We're going to find the comfort, the hope, the strength and the peace that we so desperately need. I found that processing my emotions with God and listening for what he has to say to me in return is so hugely beneficial. And I still do it today in the same way I started when I had cancer. Guys, we are halfway there. This is number 10. And this is one I really struggled with. Help others. Although we might feel like we're running on fumes and we worry about being the glue in somebody else's shattered life, reaching out and helping others, even in just small acts of kindness, takes the focus off ourselves for a moment and brings a sense of accomplishment and purpose to our lives. And as it says in the Bible, God comforts us so we can comfort others. Okay, number 11, practice gratitude. We don't need to see things differently to be grateful. Rather, be grateful to see things differently. Research shows this time and time again, that the simple practical act of giving thanks reduces our heart rate, decreases our stress levels, and contributes to an overall sense of well-being. When we practice gratitude, whether we feel like it in the beginning or not, we feel better. Number 12, find a prayer partner or group. You know, praying in a small group setting with just one or two or three, four other people can be so hugely beneficial and a wonderful source of comfort. And you know, it's also biblical to go to church for prayer, for healing when we're sick. Let's find people to pray with us and for us. I don't know about you, but I often find it easier to hear God's love and encouragement for somebody else than for myself. Number 13, keeping track of important papers. Guys, we need to keep track of these important things. When we're dealing with cancer, we have so much stress and too much stress without trying to find and retrieve important papers and documents when we need them. I am not the most organized bunny on the block. So this is really important for me. Keeping track of them and storing them somewhere safely stops us scrabbling around to find them just when we need them. And it gives us a huge sense of peace of mind. And it stops the stress levels going through the roof. 14. Ask someone to come to appointments with you and take notes. This one is a super practical one as well. Appointments can be full of medical jargon, prescription details, treatment plans, and other important information and dates. And it's super hard to keep track of it all when we're in the middle of an appointment. So asking a friend or a family member to come to your appointment with you and maybe be your appointment buddy, take notes and help you focus on what's important, frees you up to listen and be present and not be worried about remembering the details later. Okay, we're up to 15. 15 is make time to laugh and smile. And as soon as we laugh or smile, even guys, if it is a fake smile, as long as our cheeks crunch up and you can see the smile in your eyes, even if it's a hundred percent fake and you don't feel like it, it leads to endorphins and those other feel-good hormones rushing around our bodies. So find a funny movie, a cartoon series in a newspaper, or watch a comedian. It can brighten our mood both physiologically and emotionally. 16. Talk to your family and kids. One of our biggest stresses as a cancer survivor is the impact our diagnosis has on our family. It's totally understandable. I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I've learnt these things from others and my own experience. And I'll say that it's good to be honest. It's good to give permission for them to ask you anything they want to. And it's good to acknowledge it's going to be hard for you and it's going to be hard for them. And it's also really good to try not to talk to kids when you're super emotional. Now, I've got a link in the show notes with more tips on speaking to kids about your cancer, if that is relevant to your situation. 17. When you're tired, think about what kind of tired you are, and therefore, what kind of rest you need. When we get tired, we can be emotionally tired, physically tired, or spiritually tired. Different kinds of tired need different kinds of rest. And with the right type of rest, we can cope with whatever we're dealing with so much better. I had a great conversation with Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith about this in the last episode, episode 16, when we talk about these different kinds of rest that we need and the different kinds of tired that they are able to alleviate. So if you haven't listened to episode 16, I want to encourage you when you're done with this episode to go back and listen to that wonderful chemo chair chat that I had with Dr. Sandra. Nearly there, folks. Number 18. Memorize a power verse and repeat it like a war cry. I love this one. If you've read my book or you've been listening to chemo chair prayers for a while, you'll know that my scripture mantra is, you are my rock and salvation, my fortress and my strength. And it's kind of a mishmash verse from a number of different places around the Bible, but mainly Psalm 62. And by proclaiming these truths or repeating God's comfort, hope and strength over ourselves, we're not only going to wield the creative power of God's word to bring hope and healing when we need it, but it helps us fix our minds on what is unseen, not what is seen, because often what is seen is what we're struggling to cope with. 19. Focus on what you do know, not what you don't. Whether this is with practical details or with spiritual truths, fixing our minds on what we know stops the spiral into the fear and anxiety of the unknown. And you know, and it prevents our decline into the catastrophizing that we get into that is so hard to climb out of. Okay, number 20. Eat well, eat often, and eat healthily. Friends, when we're tired and nauseous from chemo or we're struggling to get to the grocery store, I know from experience it is easy to reach for sugary fried comfort food and junk snacks. It seems crazy to fight cancer tooth and nail with treatment and surgery and then put a strain and a burden on our bodies by filling it with sugary fried snacks. We need to love ourselves well with what we take into our body. Let's not add to all the other stress with an unhealthy diet or not an even enough water. Eating well and hydrating helps us feel better, sleep better, and fight cancer better. Okay, I've got a bonus one, a bonus little coping strategy for you. So this is 21. Let's remember who we are. I want to tell you that you are loved, you're seen, you're known, and you are not forgotten. A cancer diagnosis can feel super personal, like we're to blame or God's angry with us. So remembering who we are in God's eyes, loved, seen, precious, child of God, as well as remembering our own inherent value as a person, gives us a huge sense of strength and purpose and love and motivation. It fuels us on in the fight. It reminds us we're never alone because God will never abandon us. Okay, friends, that was your 20 coping strategies for journeying through cancer with a lovely little extra bonus one thrown in there at the end. And like I said, for all my lovely A-types, I know you're there and I love you so much. I have created the list of to end all lists for you. And it's got all 21 listed out with a space to take notes and to reflect and to think about how you might implement these in your own life, along with a prayer to help you cope with your cancer. And you can find that at NikkiHardy.com slash episode 17. Now, as we always do here on Chemo Chair Prayers, we're going to take time to pray together and pray for each other. And we like to do that with our guided prayer practice with the acronym TRUST, where we thank God for who he is, rest in his love, unburden our hearts, surrender our hopes, fears and needs to him, before we finally take him at his word. And if you'd like a bookmark with the TRUST acronym printed out on it that you can download and print off and put in your Bible or your journal and have it whenever you need it, that too is available to download and print at chemochairprayers.com. And before we pray, let me just say that this time is for you and the Lord. If you want to just listen to me pray, that is absolutely fine. If you want to pause in between each little prayer and take time to pray the prayers yourself and make them your own, feel free to hit pause and do just that. This is time for you and God. So let's pray, thanking him for who he is and what he's done. Oh Lord God, we thank you that you don't leave us alone in our cancer. Thank you that you have given us so many ways to cope and journey through cancer with you, with friends and family, with medical intervention and surgeries and treatments, with so many different things, Lord. We thank you that you know what it is to struggle and to go through pain and bewilderment. Lord, we thank you for who you are can I invite you to just spend a moment thanking God for who he is and what he's done. Now let's rest in his love. Oh Lord, when we think about the enormity of your love, it is almost overwhelming. And sometimes it's difficult to just sit soak it in. But Lord, today we do just that. We relax into your arms. We relax and fall back into the strength of your love. Take a moment to just rest in his strength. Now we're going to unburden our hearts to him. Oh Lord, as that article said at the beginning of the podcast, there is so much stress on us when we are going through cancer. There's fear, there's anxiety, there's bewilderment. We're worried about death and pain and our loved ones about disfigurement. There is so much weighing on us. We are burdened and weighed down. But Lord, we give that all to you. We give it to you, Lord, and we lay it at the foot of your cross. So take a moment to specifically name the things that are worrying you, the things that are frightening you, all the fear and the uncertainty and the stress of your cancer journey. Unburden your heart to the Lord. Now we're going to surrender our hopes, fears and needs. Oh Lord, we have listed out in technicolour detail everything that is weighing us down. And now we surrender. We surrender to your love. We surrender to your righteousness. We surrender to your grace and your mercy. And we surrender into your living hope and inheritance. So Lord, we lay it all with you. Where we find that difficult, where we want to be in control, we say it is yours. We trust you. Help our lack of trust. I want to encourage you to take a moment to use this time to visualize yourself laying all these things, your hurts and your heart and your fear and your needs at Jesus' feet and walking away. finally let's take God at his word. Lord God you are truth, you are light and life, you are the beginning and the end, the healer, the provider, the comforter. We believe in who you are and we take you at your word, we believe your promises and we stand in your truth and Lord we take your word over the words that are going round and round in our minds in the fear and the worry. Lord, we take your truth, not our fears. We believe, help our unbelief. So let's end by spending a moment taking God at his word, making that promise to ourselves and to him that we will trust him and take him at his word. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Okay, folks, as I always do, I like to end with either a spiritual exercise or a practical exercise that you can make your own in the week ahead. And given I have just thrown at you 21 coping strategies for your cancer, I think it's got to be that your exercise for the week, what we do moving forward is we are to pick one of those, at least one, but more if you can, and dig into a bit more and see what you can do to implement it, to make it a reality in your life today. Maybe thinking about where you're not coping well and what strategy would fix that. Okay, folks, until next time on Chemo Chair Prayers, Remember, you've got this because he's got you. You've been listening to Chemo Chair Prayers with me, Nikki Hardy. And I always say that thriving is a team sport, so I'd love to know how you're doing and how this simple spiritual exercise and our trust prayer were for you. You can always find me and leave a comment on the Chemo Chair Prayers website, chemochairprayers.com. And that's also where you can download a copy of your own Trust Guided Prayer Format bookmark. If you've enjoyed Chemo Chair Prayers, please recommend it to a friend, your cancer support group, or maybe forward it to your pastoral care team who might be looking for resources for those with cancer. And then why not hit subscribe and leave a five-star review? Not only will that ensure that you get the next episode when it airs, but your review will mean that others journeying through cancer will be able to find chemo chair prayers more easily. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.